Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn on. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know? I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hope you are having a great week. And thank you for joining me for another interview, talking rock with you and talking to some of the biggest names in the world of rock and some of the greatest stories in the world of rock as well. I uh, tell you every week. Just a reminder, everything you hear, every interview you hear on this podcast originated live on my SiriusXM radio show. If you're in the U.S. and Canada and you're only listening to this podcast, you're only getting the tiniest of tastes of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. So join me on SiriusXM, Faction Talk Channel 103, daily, Monday through Friday, live, 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific for Trunk Nation interactive rock talk with you and that's where all these interviews come from and hey if that time window doesn't work for you to listen live if you're on board with us at sirius xm you can listen to the show anytime you want it's all archived on the app full shows full interviews audio video and more if you're only listening to the podcast again only getting a tiny taste of what i do on the radio each and every day thank you for joining me be sure to follow me on social media twitter instagram facebook page for info and updates our interview this week is with aerosmith drummer john douglas john has a real interesting story he jumped into aerosmith at a difficult time when they were having issues with joey kramer and he's had the gig ever since He's still kind of in a fill-in role, although he did play the band's recent residency in Vegas, and presumably, if the band does continue going forward, and there's talks of touring, he may very well end up staying in the band as the drummer. John has an interesting story, though. He was a drummer in an 80s, in an 80s band that didn't go anywhere back in the day. He's also an accomplished artist, and this interview you're about to hear was done right after John did an art exhibit in Vegas of all of his amazing artwork. So Aerosmith 
were supposed to play in Vegas, but as we know, they blew out the last four shows of their residency. But John still did his art exhibit, and I went to it. It was great. So it was a tough time at the time we did this interview because, uh, and we still really don't know what's going on with Aerosmith going forward. And obviously it was a, a weird time with John because Aerosmith was in this limbo and he had his art thing coming up. But still, his story is really interesting, and I think it's really interesting on a, a guy that, uh, an unknown musician, could end up becoming an accomplished drum tech, and then later end up playing drums in some of these iconic bands. You'll get that entire story right now with John Douglas, drummer in Aerosmith. Enjoy on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. I'm really excited to have this guy in with me today, sitting here with us. I didn't know if he'd still be in town, but he is. He had an amazing display of his artwork here in Vegas over the weekend, which is just um, got a lot of blank walls in this place, so I might have to talk to him about <laughs> yeah, making a deal and see what I can do to spruce things up. Um, I can only work Amazon so many times, but <laughs> joining me now is current Aerosmith drummer and artist John Douglas. Good to see you, man. Thanks, Eddie. It's Thank you for being you. here. Yeah. Thank you you uh, had a great night there Saturday, it looked like. Everybody uh, really enjoyed themselves. It was a great turnout. I was super flattered and honored that everybody uh, showed up, had some rock and roll uh, royalty there unexpectedly. Um, yeah, it was, it was hard work for me, man. Well, imagine, so tying in with that a little bit, obviously this whole residency and you're currently playing with Aerosmith didn't wrap up the way you had all hoped it would. No, uh, in, understatement. In, yeah, <laughs> in typical Aerosmith fashion, I think. There's something right. could always go wrong, right? But obviously the last four shows being lost because of Steven. Um, what can you tell us about all that first? Because that did impact your art thing because Steven was supposed to be there. Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I can't, I can't, 
I don't know much, you know. I mean, it, 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 like you said, it was not anything that anybody in the band wanted to do. I mean, it's ultimately health comes first, right? And you know, unfortunately, with singers, as you know, it's like any everything goes for the throat. You yeah. know, uh, the rest of us we can muddle through. You know, if you're, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because uh, I don't, I don't know much. Um, but he would, the reason why I bring it up beyond that, and I, I understand, especially in your position there, there's yeah. only so much you can say, so I'm not going to push you on that. But the reason I bring it up is one of the main things was he was, because it was marketed as such of him being oh, yeah, the at your, yeah, your yeah. relationship with him, that he was going to be there on Saturday yeah. at your, your art gallery. Yeah, so months, months ago, before, before we even got back together for this year, um, I, I was at home in Texas and he was, I think in Maui still or something. And he called me, we we're talking and he asked me kind of what, what I've been doing. Well, we're just catching up, you know? And, um, I told him I was literally painting when he called and, you know, I, was, I, I had this art show in Vegas that was originally lined up for the first leg that was supposed to be like whatever that was May or something. When, when he, he, when when he, he lost rehab. shows cause of rehab. Right? Yeah. So but I told him about the art show, and he goes, "Great, I'm coming. I want to, I want to, I want to be there. I want to help you sell some art, and, and of course, which is great for me, you sure, because I don't, I, I get it. I don't have the the marquee name, and, right? You know what I mean? And to get to get him there would it's a great hook, yeah, a great, yeah. And, and, and 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 it was his idea, which is even better, right? You know, so so I th- I said great, and then of course that went that first leg went away, and then I rescheduled and. And, you know, ultimately, it was all geared up for it. And, of course, Joe was going to come. Uh, everybody was going to come. Right. Joe, Brad, Tom, everybody was going to come. And uh, I knew it was – look, it's always risky uh, advertising somebody's going to be there that that I have no control over. The line is always subject to change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> always put that in. Yeah. That gets you off the hook. You know why I bring that up? Because I do, I do a lot of remote broadcasts. And for a couple of years, I was doing this show – from uh, from once a month from the Rainbow with a live audience in L.A. That's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I would always have all these huge names, and ninety eight percent of the time those names showed up. But to get any time I do a, a bowling event for the Dio Cancer Fund, and we raise money, and I I put my celebrity team out, and I always tell whoever's doing the marketing put subject to change yeah, because it gets you off the hook. You know, I yeah. mean, not that you want that to happen, Correct. but. Shit happens. Yeah, and the gallery, the gallery owners understood that because they've they've dealt with celebrity artists or you know celebrities before, and they were perfectly aware, you know. But I felt like, you know, Stephen was very sincere in 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 leading up when we were playing here. You know, it, I, you know, I knew it was on his calendar, you know, and he would tell me every couple couple shows, you know, when it, you know it's on my calendar. I'm coming to your show, and the same with the rest of the guys in the band, and and so none of us foresaw you know what what happened ultimately so um obviously you know brad uh brad showed up and 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 it just so happened that zz top was just playing uh, right in the building almost in the same right. r- room you know the same building and i go way back with those guys you know so well we'll get to that i want yeah. to get your whole story yeah, so yeah. they ca- you know they they came and eric singer from kiss came and yep. uh fitzy and todd from slash's band came because mm-hmm. i've known those guys so I was super appreciative that of the turnout. Yeah. Um, so it was a it was a good time. Your your artwork is amazing, man. It really Thank is. You. And I I uh, looking at those. So for, so for people that want 
as obviously this is radio, if you want the visual of John's art, what's the best website again? Where should they go to see the images? Uh, well, my website is super creatively titled johndouglas.com. Well, that's uh, which but is, that's what you want. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's amazing nobody else had that. It's f- probably uh, fairly you know common. You know how many name. emails I get? Because uh, the most famous John Douglas is FBI profiler that wrote Mindhunter and that uh, Silence of the Lambs was based on this guy. He invented serial killer profiling for the FBI, and his name is John Douglas. I get email for him all the Wants time. Wants to buy it? All the time. He wants to buy it. No, no, from people wanting me to investigate oh. cases. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Well, you kidding. know, I didn't know who that guy was, but when I looked for you on social media because I helped push out about your event, I was like, uh, that's the one that kept coming up yes. on whatever platform it was. I'm like, that doesn't look like J.D. from Aerosmith. <laughs> I know it. I don't. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I got in early on the on the whole website thing. But that's that's not a it's a it's basically my portfolio. But it has all the drums and guitars that I painted over the years. And then it's got the fine art that I do and and all the other stuff. And and then you can obviously go contact now. Mo- all that art is at an amazing gallery here in Vegas. And it'll be there f- until at least till January. Oh, I was going so, to ask you about that. Yeah, so, so the gallery was the, the the so Friday was a public thing. Saturday what I went to was more of a private thing. You, yeah. you mentioned some of the rock guys there, but that stuff will stay up on the walls there. Yeah. So what? people coming to Vegas between now and like you say January? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well then go, then absolutely go check it out. I didn't know it was staying there. Yeah. So it, where it is, because I walked around a little <laughs> bit before I found the gallery, because there's a few galleries in there and it's yes. massive. Yes. But it, there's the Venetian and the Palazzo here in Vegas, and there's this thing that cuts through both big indoor upscale mall called the Canal Shops. Grand Canal Shops. Grand Canal yeah. Shops. So yeah. if you go there, you want to find – it's more on the Palazzo, Palazzo side. side. Yep. Right. I was on the whole other side. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking to my friends I was trying to meet, and we're talking. It was like – but uh, you want to go on the Palazzo side, and you want to find, it's called An Amazing? An Amazing Gallery. There's like an AG logo there. And a lot of my stuff is in the window. But, yes, it's, it's at the Palazzo side. Yeah. And when you say your stuff, if you're a rock fan, you can't miss your stuff. Because a lot of your paintings are of music figures. Whether yeah. it be Aerosmith guys, Kiss guys, ZZ Top, Jimi Hendrix. Bon Jovi. I mean, I saw a bunch of stuff. Newer people like Harry Styles. I mean, there's everything up there. So you got to see what John does with these paintings. It's it's so impressive. And again, if you're coming to Vegas, check it out. Otherwise, go to his site, johndouglas.com, and you can see what he's done. Now, let's go way, way back. When we were talking about you coming on to do this, and I was getting you sent me a couple bullet points about your history. Some Some I knew, some I did not know. Yeah. As a musician, so you you were from Texas. Yep. And your your first band was Kick Tracy. That was that that was that was my first band by any any stretch of the imagination. My first the the uh, many bands in high school around Texas and 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 stuff. And then I was a band called XOX in Houston, and that's when I first met the ZZ Top guys and started painting stuff for them. Uh, Kick Tracy was an LA band, and uh, they got signed to RCA. 89 ish something like that Mm -hmm. and uh they needed to change drummers and so i got a a referred by uh, bobby rock and i think bloss both of those drummers are from houston we all know each other and so they threw my name in and and bloss elias is from houston yep he lives he's lived here forever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, i didn't know that okay and bobby rock's from houston and uh i think we all three went to different high schools but same time we, we all knew each other 
so anyway, so I, I joined Kick Tracy and, um, and moved to L.A. And uh, so, yeah, they were, they're L.A. guys, and I'm, I was from, I'm from Texas. So you, so you did how many records with them? We did two records. Um, first one, I think, came out in 91. It's funny because we're still, we're like, I think we're on the Rolling Stone top 50 hair metal bands, which I never, yeah, we had hair and we were from L- L.A. I hate that and, term, but. And yeah. I know, me too. And, and. I think we're still. I think we're kind of thought of as like an '80s band, even though the first record didn't come out till '91. But you know, we were, we looked and we were marketed like everything before us, right? And they were an LA band, and so, but we had the unfortunate timing that our first record came out when Nevermind came out, right? You I was know, just going to say, you, you the bands was, that if you got out in '87, '88, '89, you had a couple years, yeah, you before, had a, as I call it, the gate came crashing down, yeah, the gate that was Nevermind, yeah, and and Nirvana. Exactly. Yeah. So you you hit like the day it came out, <laughs> yes. or was it? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, I can remember doing our first, uh, you know, uh, tours and even promo for the album. I think around the country, and I remember you know meeting the fans, and and just the groundswell of it. You know, have you have you heard of this band Nirvana? And it was just it was just that's the way it, the way it was, and and because uh, it was just, a good band, Kick Tracy was a good band, and there were so many bands that fell into that category that made yeah. good music but just got squashed because of the timing of what happened with the scene change. And yeah. I, I've talked about it many times. I've talked about it in documentaries. I mean, I've been in this next year is my 40th year doing this, and I, so I've seen it and lived through it all. And uh, I've never seen anything that harsh and abrupt and overnight yeah. as that change. Yeah. And the sad part about it is there were some really good records that were made 91, 92. The, even bands that had earlier histories that were making new music at that time. Yep. Uh, Warrant made a great record at that time, couldn't get arrested Didn't, with it. But, yeah. because it, but there was a lot of that. And then there were bands that never got off the ground because of that shit timing that you were talking about. Yeah. Did, when you mentioned Bloss being involved, now that I'm thinking about it, did Dana Strong Dana produce? Strong produced the first record. He did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that obviously was the, the connection where Bloss threw my name in. And of course, Bobby Rock played with uh, Dana and Mark in Vinnie Vincent. Vincent. Right. So, you know, it was just kind of that whole six degrees of separation deal for me and in, in the, in the drumming community. So it's, you know, I get asked a lot, especially at, at art events, you know, which, which came first, with drum, you know, drums or art. And that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Yeah. That's what I, mean, exactly I was going to ask you. I'm a drummer. I would bang down my mom's pots and pans, you know, and, and long before I could even hold a crayon, you know. So in, and I've always been a, a drummer, even never stopped. You know, it's just I, I had to, you know, I was getting older and you know again the whole kick tracy thing and you know i had a daughter and i wasn't making any money we weren't surviving you right. know and i i had to let go of that dream and uh to be what i felt was be a responsible dad right and and a uh, member of society and stuff and and it just so happens I, I went back to texas and at that point i had been painting drums for many people uh but specifically um Frank and the guys from ZZ Top painting drums and guitars and so let me let me backtrack you there yeah no 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 it's fine but this is this is interesting so you're you're in bands before Kick Tracy gets a deal RCA all this all this buzz all this uh, you know the the, of the time that comes out doesn't happen because of the scene change and then that's when you decide to go were you did you take art classes did you take painting or just pick it up self high school I took band and art 
in, in public school. That's that, that's how I learned to play drums, marching band, and uh, and playing to records, and um, and art was just I took it in high school. I just but but those were my two, and still are. Those are my two passions, and um, I I've never I never stop I never stop doing either one. And you know when when you're in a band, regardless of of their level, there's always art direction you need a logo you need a backdrop maybe you're doing show posters or flyers or you know maybe you're working on album covers I've, I've always done that in every band I'm in as well as just side stuff and then I started I started painting my drums early on uh, because I wanted my stuff to look cool and I had the capability and it, it just spread the guys so the, fir- the first thing you painted on was drums uh, or did yeah. you start painting traditionally no, like on uh, a no, I never. I didn't canvas the stuff you saw there. Yeah. That's recent. That's like in the last t- 12 years. So your whole like trip initially was putting artwork on drums. Yeah. And you d- did you do it for yourself initially on your own drums? Yeah. I just wanted my stuff to look cool. And, and what what were what was the earliest stuff you were doing? Were is it just colors or were you actually drawing things or Um well I was doing I started doing my kick drum head real early on, band logos and stuff like that. That was a no-brainer. And then and then I didn't have the money. Like, I started on a five-piece orange sparkle, no-brand drum kit, you know. And as I got into other bands, you know, like Rush, when I when I was a freshman in high school, all the senior drummers were Rush fans, understandably. And I didn't never had never heard of them before. But I wanted to be, like, senior drummers, you know. So I took a deep dive into rush and then of course the first thing you got to do is get more drums right. you know so and i couldn't afford to find matching ones so i would get whatever i could get cheap at garage sales or whatever you know red sparkle or black drum and and the the, the art part of me was just like i can't have a jelly bean kit so i took everything apart and i wrapped everything in in chrome contact paper that i got at the grocery store so i made everything match and you know from 20 feet away on stage, it looked like a chrome drum kit. So that was my first foray into customizing drums. And I started adding weird stuff. My dad worked at Shell Oil as a research chemist, and he would bring me home like these broken gauges, and I started putting them on my drums, and I hooked up dryer vent hoses to my kick drums, and I told everybody they were air-cooled and just silly stuff inspired by my did Alex Van Halen do that? Yeah, but I, I did it before him. Did and, you really? I, yeah, I did it in so, 1979. And he he did it at 5150 right. in 86. I pointed that out to him as when I uh, <laughs> anyway, but but I was inspired by all everything that Alex Van Halen did and and uh both visually and as a drummer and as well as you know, the drum kits of Myron Grumbacher and, you know, all the cool kits. There, now, there's a super underrated guy when oh, you talk about the... Yeah, I was as a really, drummer and, and... Yeah, I was really glad when Pat Benatar recently went in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that they acknowledged him and they brought him out to play. I haven't seen it yet, but yes, I He plays, I mean, he comes, they introduce him and bring him out because I felt he should have been included with them because as, as a kid, I saw Pat Benatar super early on and, you know, I was... I mean, her voice is amazing, of course, but I, but I, you know, I love Neil's playing, but I was, I never forget it when I went to see, this is like 80, 81. And I went to see him and he did something visually that I've never seen anybody do. He had his kick drum had some sort of like green gel or water in it. 
so that every time he hit the kick drum, it was transparent in the front. You'd see like an ocean wave kick up. Wow. He had some. I don't. I still don't know what you it sure was. You sure you weren't on something? No, no. I was in high school. <laughs> I would have been. My parents would have killed me. But there was like this green, like I don't know if it was a gel or some sort of gel, or maybe it's just. Maybe it looked like a gel and it was a lighting Maybe effect. Maybe it was a lighting thing, yeah. But I, I it don't... was so, it looked like there was like a fluid and every time the kick drum, you saw it jump. All his kits were super creative and he was a, a badass drummer, yeah. super energetic and yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that doesn't get enough, uh, uh, I don't know if he still plays, but Agreed. it was great to see him, him out there with them. So Well, he played with... He played with them. We're just yeah, yeah. just the one yeah, song yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So so you were so you were in. It sounds this is interesting because you were certainly drawn to the instrument and to playing it yes. because you were doing it and yeah. you were active. But you were also drawn to how to make drums look cooler, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 who are the besides Myron? Who were some of the other people that you saw that you were like, man, I could run with that, or I'd like to well, that influenced you to do that? Yeah, I mean, certainly Alex Van Halen. Not that was not so much. For, custom painting but super creative uh drum kits how they were set up you know the long kick drums and yeah. and uh um all of van halen was inspirational to me you know uh, even uh, obviously edward and dave you know i mean just van halen as a, when they hit the stage was jaw dropping and i saw them open for black sabbath you know and uh so now that's a ne- that, that's a notorious tour because everybody says that was when sabbath was on fumes yes and everyone was saying and van halen, van halen was on fire yeah yeah so literally you know literally and opening song you know yeah, so yeah. yeah it was it was you saw that oh, huh? i saw two shows in texas they did two shows in houston back two nights and i was at both of them wow yeah wow you yeah. have memories of it oh yeah photo i got photos of it to see van halen that early on yeah Unreal. Yeah. Wow. I have a, I, 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 back then, my thing was I would draw portraits. Again, that's always been my favorite thing. It was just drawing pencil back then because I didn't know how to paint. So I would draw my favorite bands and artists and stuff like that. So I drew a picture of Edward Van Halen, and I met them after their first Sabbath show. And I have a photo of Ed and I, 1978, holding this drawing that I did that I still have that he signed. So fast forward 20 years, I started working for Van Halen in 98. And I have a, I had the photo of that like on my Van Halen work box, and Ed loved it. You know that twenty years earlier, as a fanboy, yeah. you know I had met him, and he signed this drawing that I that I did of him. You know, and I remember Al once I got, was there for a while with Van Halen. Al asked me, "Did what did you did you, you have a picture of me and you together, or did you know?" I said, and I said, hey, "You were probably a dick to me." And he <laughs> laughed and said, "Yeah, I probably was." <laughs> so professionally, when you when you Beyond your own drums, when you started to do art on drums, who was the first kind of gig you had to do it for? Was it was it uh, Frank Beard? I'll tell you, it was you know because then after that I started painting the actual shells of the drum, you know. So um, and I was playing in a kit uh, a band in town that got really popular. We just couldn't get the deal, you know, but it, popular enough that the guys from ZZ Top would come see my band play what were they this called xox okay two girls two guys you know uh mid 80s rock you know and um so eventually you know frank i, I met frank at one of our shows and he said man your drums are cool who did that you know and i said i did that and he goes would you ever want to paint a drums for me and i was never occurred i'm like well yeah okay so i I don't know how long between, you know, so that some drums were ordered and that takes a while because they come from Japan. But in the meantime, I was working at a music store in Houston 
which is the last real job I had. And I had one of my snare drums up on the counter that I had painted because I was working on it on company time, you know. And uh, a guy came in that happened to be the drum tech for, I forget what band. But he got my, he saw the drum and he said, oh, that's cool. And he got my name and number. And six months later, he called me and he was a drum tech for Guns N' Roses, for Steven Adler mm -hmm. in 1987, 8, Appetite. Well, I mean, right. GNR was the biggest band right. on the planet. Yeah. So the first drums that I ever painted for anybody other than me was for Steven Adler. And what'd you do on that kit? I did, I did two kits for him. I did one that looked like it was made out of granite or or stone, uh, just uh, you know cracked rock. They looked like they were made out of stone. Mm -hmm. And the other kit was just a for his house. I did, which was just a custom, like a purple pearl or a blue pearl white you know just look like a cadillac uh paint job but i do i did not those didn't seem much i've seen a couple of pictures of that granite looking kid he did i think he i think they played with the stones with that but what shortly after he was he was out of the band right you know so th those were technically the first drums i painted for anybody like the biggest band on the planet at the time and i'm painting them in my garage in cypress texas because uh, i had the zz top drums on order so the second ones I did were for Frank at ZZ. And what did Frank, what did you do initially on Frank's drums? Frank's that, let's see, the, uh, what tour was that? It's a blur. The first one I did was, um, I, I want to think it was the Afterburner kit with the flames. Now when you, uh, when you do these, you know, I want, I want you to give me, give the audience some, some insights on some of the other drum, drummers you've done. But when you do these, as you evolve into doing this and, and do more and more of it, does the direction on as to what goes on the drums come from the drummer or do they say to you, Hey John, just run with it and, and come up with something for me. And how does it work? Do you, do you, do you come, do you throw ideas at them or do they say, no, I want, you know, a bunch of, uh, I don't say it was Peter Chris. I want a bunch of cats on there. Come up with cool cats or something. Yeah. You know, it, how do you do it? It varies. Uh, Early on, that was still the, you know, the, the album tour cycle for bands, especially like ZZ. Their productions were very much geared towards the album and the art direction and everything was, that's the way most of the, certainly arena rock level stuff was very, very focused for, you know, the album. And then they were going to tour that album, you know, ZZ Top Recycler and their tour, everything the production wise was recycler oriented. So like that, that tour I, I discussed with Frank, okay, what can we do, you know, and, and I know his first idea was let's do, you know, every drum a different tin can, you know, like snare can would be a, a snare drum would be a tuna fish can and one would be a Coke can and one would be a can of beans or, you know, a recycled thing, but then he changed his mind and, and um, I forget what, I did two kits for that tour because it was such a long tour, I don't remember what one of them, the other one was, uh, we called it Toxic Waste where they look like yellow barrels, industrial like barrels with monsters breaking out of them, mm. you know, with paint and stuff. And we called it the toxic waste uh, kit. So early on, it was back and back and forth ideas uh, with him. And um, and then like the I think that right after Frank went on that tour, their opening act was Extreme, and so Paul Geary, the drummer for Extreme, and they were 
more than words was breaking. Mm-hmm. And Paul so, also lives here now. Yeah. 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 And um, so, you know, same thing. I guess they, he sees Frank's kid. Hey, who paid you your drums pretty soon? I was painting. Word of mouth stuff I was starts happening. Ex- extreme, I was painting extreme drum kit in my hotel room on a Kick Tracy tour. So I would play a gig, go back to my hotel room, and paint uh, paint drums for other people. Let me, let me ask you this. I'm, I, I have a, one of my really good friends for years still, but he moved out of the country. I don't see him as much, but is the baseball player, Mike Piazza, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame and um, one, of, one of the all-time great catchers in baseball history. The reason why I bring this up is because Mike, whenever I was with him, whenever we'd go out to dinner, whenever we'd go anywhere when he was playing, people would come running up to him and ask him to sign things. And a lot of times being a baseball player, they asked him to sign a baseball, which he once said to me, try doing that and see how hard that is. I said, what do you mean? He said, to sign something that's completely curved all the way around. And I never thought of it. And I did once, he handed me a baseball, I put a pen in. It's like, it's a very weird thing to do. Reason I'm bringing this up is drums. They're circular, right? How do you, is that challenging to do? It's challenging uh, well, it depends on what the what the graphic is, but you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I think one of the early drum kits I did actually, I think it's a great story because it opened my the door to Aerosmith. But I did a kit for Frank. Uh, started as a white drum kit. Frank and Beard. I, yes, I painted. Um, we called it the supermodel kit. I just like went through Vogue and you know magazines and just tore it up. I just painted images of beautiful women. So that's where it's really tricky because the face, you know, if it's the proportions aren't right, they're going to look like Picasso, and that's not my intent. So um, I had to figure out how to do that, you know, and that's where I think I had the advantage of because I'm a drummer, I knew I know how the drums are going to be set up for the guy that I'm painting them for. Right. I, got, I know wh- which order the drums are going to be in, which side's going to face out, you know, because I I try to I try to make. I don't want it to. I want it to look good twenty rows back, uh, you know. It's and it's got to be work together, and not just a drum, a drum, a drum. It's, it's going to be lit. It's going yeah, to be lit. It's going to be, but they're going to be set up together. It's kind of like it's not just a guitars are super easy because it's you just got to worry about the front. And do you paint on guitars? Oh yeah, you've done a bunch of yeah, guitars. A bunch of guitars, and, and you didn't do Joe's with his wife on it. I sure did. Oh, you did. The, Here's my but, story on that. That's where I was getting to. Wow. Because I did that. I did that. The black and white the supermodel kit for Frank Beard. And the, after Kick Tracy, I came back home, and that's where he said, well, come be my drum tech. And which I was like, oh, that's the worst part of being a drummer is setting, setting that stuff up. Why would I want to do that? Right. But I, hadn't, I had no other options. And I, and I had a daughter. I needed to earn money. So I started with ZZ Top. One of the very first things I did was January of 94 when they released Antenna. We went to New York to do... Um, David Letterman show, and uh, and Frank took that kit, half of it, because Frank has big drum kits, but this was just, they played pin cushion, and it was just a little five-piece drum kit, but it was black and white portraits of the super, supermodels, and who was sitting in with the band that week? Joe Perry. With ZZ Top? No, sitting in with Paul Schaefer. Oh, with Paul, Wolves. oh, gotcha, so was, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. How, right, they, I remember they, they so used cool. to do that. Yeah, yeah they'd yeah, have okay. Eddie yeah, Van Halen, yeah. Joe, you know, yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. with the band yes. all week. ZZ was the musical guest, but Joe was sitting in with the band. Yeah. That was January of 94. I don't remember meeting Joe, and I don't even remember meeting his guitar tech at the time. But they remembered it. So six years later, 1999 or or 
2000, Joe wants a portrait of his wife painted on the guitar, and they think of me from six years earlier, and they track me down, and that's that's the Billy guitar, which is like super iconic. Oh yeah, he plays it you like know. every show at yeah. least a song or two. Yeah, it's been on the cover yeah. of every magazine sure, and Super sure. Bowls and stuff like that. So that was my foot in the door of Aerosmith as an artist. And it's funny because Joe, when I was at my art show, sent me a text. He sent me his contact. I'm in his phone as John Douglas, famous artist. That's <laughs> He's had me in his contact since 2000 right. as an artist. Right. Yeah. So. so then you walk this line in your career, correct me if I'm wrong, where you actually then work drum tech, setting drums up, being a drum tech, at, at the same yeah. time, taking gigs, painting. Yep. I imagine there's times where you've just teched and not painted on the drums and vice versa, obviously, Correct. right? Yeah. So, so did you, and you ended up going to work. Who are some of the, who are some of the drummers you've teched for? I started with Frank and, and, and ZZ, and then um, right early on, I got the call for Van Halen, which was like, I was like, oh, this, these are my heroes in every way. That was, that was 97 so only three years after I ever thought of teching. And now, did you work on Alex's? You worked on Alex's drums as yeah. far as painting I painted them. stuff for Alex before that. When yeah. I was in Kick Tracy, I was painting Van Halen drum heads and stuff in my, in our apartment in uh, in L.A. Um, while I was still you know actively playing and, and pursuing that, and I, and many other bands. I painted drum kits for Vinnie Paul and Pantera, and you know. Uh, a lot of people just does the, does the painting on the drums does does that do you did you reach a point with that where it became lucrative enough that you didn't have to tech or you kind of always had to do both i was you know, you know if the the timing was usually pretty fortunate in that when i wasn't busy on the road teching i was home and and i would i would paint really once i learned how to paint drums meaning that the hardest part for me was the finish what to use, how to, how to get a shiny showroom finish. It's all car paint. But the artwork to me is like, that's the easy part, you know? So it's the finishing to, 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 to make them look like a, a, that came off the showroom floor. So once I learned how to do that, I've painted everything. Jet skis, scuba tanks, golf clubs, Harley Davidson's cars, guitar, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all the same. And what, what percentage of it is rock based versus just, I want some cool image. I mean, because, like, in your art show over the weekend, and I'm sure that's by design, you're here and you're playing with Aerosmith and all that, the, the, the vast majority of it was, was rock figures, you know, whether it was Billy Gibbons or Slash or Joe or yeah. Steven Tyler or whatever. But do you do a lot that isn't that, or is that kind of your forte? That's, I love music, and, I, you know, I'm a rock fan, and, and I, love, if, if, I love to paint lots of different things, and certainly in the custom paint field of, of drums, guitars, or whatever, jet skis, whatever, it's, it's a lot of times it's more graphic and not, you know, fine art portraiture or anything like that but and i love to do all that because it's it's a challenge but for me if i had if you just have to ask me what is your favorite thing to paint it's people i like to paint portraits specifically black and white i love black and white but i like to paint people and i'm a rock fan and i work for a lot of people i know a lot of people now i'm playing with rock royalty you know so that's what i paint you know and also i, I learned in the certainly when i'm starting into this the art gallery field of, of fine art you know, art on canvas. Um, it's the story behind the painting or the artist helps sell it, if you will. So 
I'm not just a guy with a little bit of talent painting, you know, rock stars. You know, it's like I know a lot of them. I work for a lot of them. Sure. I've played with a few of them. You know, so it's that the a potential buyer likes that because that gives them something. If they buy that, it's on the wall. It's like, hey, this. This painting of Joe Perry playing this guitar with his wife painted on it was painted by the guy that painted that guitar. You know what I mean? That Those kind of things. But I don't do it for the c commercial aspect of it. I do it because I'm, I'm a rock fan, you know? And it's like, if I'm going to paint people. Now, I've painted football players. I have portraits of football players in Allegiant Stadium here in Vegas. That oh, is that right? I get hired by the Raiders to paint, you know? but And I love to do that. I'm honored to do that, and it's a challenge. Um but I don't have the emotional connection. The passion is the music stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it spills over into pop culture. You know, I have some Pulp Fiction type, you know, um, painting yes, Bridget I Bardot. Saw that. Yep. And, yep. You know, yep. so that's, you know, that's a close second of, of uh, I think we all love the movies and, you know, our sure. favorite pop culture people. I did a painting of Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder, you know, that wasn't there. It was it's at another gallery. But so I, I, I do that and I do that because, A, I like it in those movies that I grew up with and, and um and, you know, to try to broaden, because I get people come in, well, it's like, well, I don't see, can, I see all these pictures of, and that was the Harry Styles, Styles thing was I would walk into galleries and, with, or my art and people would come in and they just kind of go, hey, everybody hears, all you do is paint old classic rockers. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm an old classic <laughs> rocker, so. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, go to hell. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I'm like, well, that's my music, man. That's right, what I grew up course. with. And, and, and I know a lot of them and all that stuff. And so, and then I would go, well, but. Plus, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, but the fans of of like a Harry Styles or or a, what's her name, Taylor Swift, right? You know, I'm like, are there those fans are young? They're not going right. to buy fine art, right? And the gallery owners go, but mommy and daddy, will. yeah, for them. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, see, I don't think like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of a challenge. That Harry Styles I painted. Uh, here in my hotel room, most of all those paintings are done in hotel rooms on tour. Yeah, I bet. You know, so Downtown. the Harry Styles I painted in Vegas on, on our first leg of this tour. Yeah. So that paint was fresh. You you talked about the fact that you do, uh, you, you love to paint in black and white. And again, if you just ch tuned in, I can't urge you enough to go and check out John's work because it is incredible. JohnDouglas.com is the website. And again, if you're in Vegas or coming to Vegas, even though Aerosmith is done, John's art will continue in the an amazing gallery in the canal shops by the Palazzo, and it'll be there for the next month or so. So go see it hanging up on the walls. It's beautiful. But I noticed that there was a lot of it predominantly black and white. However, and I brought this up to you when I saw you at the gallery, there are some that have splashes of color. Yeah. And one of my favorite ones was the Joe Perry with the red behind red. it when yeah, he's got the, the red scarf to yeah. uh, upside down slung guitar, burnt, or whatever. Yeah, the burnt strap. That's such yeah. so badass. So that he signed. That he signed. I saw yeah. some of them were signed by some of the yeah. Gene Simmons. One was signed. I yeah, saw Paul Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. So so do do what I was asking you this when I saw you. Where do you? What's the criteria for saying like when something's done in black and white and that's your preference saying, you know what, I'm going to actually just make, you know, the headstock on that guitar red or whatever. And that one splash of color. Is that just yeah. your thing? That's just my thing. You know, it's 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 usually I don't I don't think of it in the in the uh, beforehand. I paint I'll paint the whole thing. I, I do my backgrounds last, even with the drips and stuff. And I, I, I paint the whole painting except for the background. 
and then if I do, the, then I paint the background. Let's say it's black and it's, it's too it's too sterile, and I, I started doing these drips and stuff. And I take the painting from the wall in my hotel room, and I take it into the shower or the bathtub in the hotel room to do the drip, so I don't ruin the carpet. And so mm. you know, so it's a challenge. Um, but I I do my backgrounds last, with very few exceptions. And so and it's the same with the color. I just kind of look at it and like the the, the that Joe Perry painting you're talking about in. And, and I paint from multiple photographs like the Joe Perry thing was you'll that wasn't from one photograph You won't see that image anywhere except on my canvas But that scarf was one of his outfits and and it was just the red was just so vivid I'm just like I want to see that I want to see that on the painting mm. nothing else just like the red scarf and I did a recent painting of, of Ronnie Wood and it's the same thing He had this red guitar. It was just like so striking that I everything is black and white, but I made that guitar red and, and speak, it just pops speaking of ronnie one of the ones that's in the gallery that got the most attention did not have any color in it and that was the four faces of the stones stones which the, what was amazing about that looking at that is that's all black and white but the level of detail like right to the lines in the face i mean there are people gathered around marveling at that what what how long does it take you to do something like that i know that's the number one question i can't imagine it's in and i don't have a good answer to that because every, so many of them are painted on the road like i say and you know so sometimes when it's a proper tour not a residency you know i'll roll into town and i'll look for a wall space and i'll i i paint unstretched the canvas is wrapped around a pvc pipe i carry that i carry black paint i carry white paint i carry a handful of brushes and i mix my paint on a drum head and and that's all in my suitcase so when i'm painting um sometimes I, I can paint for a couple hours and then that's it i got to go do the gig and then i roll it up and i go to another town and maybe i can't maybe i don't have time to paint you know so i and i don't punch a clock because i love it so i don't really know but i know that for example when we come in to vegas we do three weeks at a time and i come in with a blank canvas and usually in about two weeks time it's done Right. And so some of that, obviously, there are shows every couple of days right. with Aerosmith, and I don't paint every day. And sometimes I'll paint for three or four hours. Sometimes I'll paint for an hour. I don't know. Sometimes I get ridiculous deadlines when I painted well, the Beatles. Well, I was, was going to ask you: Has an artist do artists order these? Has an artist ever come to you and said, "Hey"? Or maybe someone in their family or management or something and said to you, hey, John, I want I would love for you to do, you know, whatever, even if it's the estate in the case of like Hendrix or something. Would they have you ever had it order something ordered? Yeah. I mean, I do commissions. Yeah. I, I haven't uh, not not from not from anybody like that at, at this point, but I, I do commissions. Of, I get emails all the time. Do you do you paint people that are not famous? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Um, but yeah, so I do, I do commissions, but most of like all that stuff. And a lot of the guys, like I painted John Bon Jovi when I was, uh, doing a Bon Jovi tour, which is not always the smart thing to do, you know, uh, cause. So you were teching for Tico? I was teching for Tico. This was 2017 or 18. And, uh, you know, I painted JBJ, you know, cause you know, he had the coolest hair in rock and roll, right. you know, the poster child for, for the cool hair. And so, and I did that era uh and um he has it you know so in, a, in the in the first painting you know the second painting i did of steven tyler and i painted that I, pl I played my first two aerosmith shows in 2019 and um and then we had like six weeks off and we came back to vegas and and then joey came back and played in and i painted a, a painting of of steven 
and um, he has that original. You know, so mm. sometimes they want him. Sometimes they could care less. Let, let, let me yeah. be, before we run out of time. We got we had a little time here. Talking. Just, no, no, no. You're <laughs> great. This is great stuff. I love this, and I can talk forever too. The, I want to I want to talk to you about playing because you did you I, we all know you're doing Aerosmith now but am I wrong did I hear that you actually subbed for Frank Beard at one point did I you did. actually play in ZZ Top I did when was that I was 2003 we were in Europe and um, specifically we, we were in Paris we had a, a day off before the show and I had gone to bed uh, and it was like 2 a.m. or something in my hotel room because that was pre-cell phone, I think, or I didn't have one anyway. We still we still called each other on hotel phones. Right. So the phone rings and wakes me up at like 2 a.m. And it's uh, it's my buddy Billy Hale, who is Dusty's tech. Look, you know, on the road, it's all about practical jokes. And so he, he goes, hey, you're never going to believe this. They just took Frank to the hospital. And the last thing he said was, get John to play the show. And I was just like, yeah, I said a few choice words and I hung up because I thought it was a joke. And he called me back. No, I'm not kidding. And the ironic thing is just two days earlier, we were in Leipzig, Germany, where the same guy, the tour beforehand, had appendicitis. So he's calling me telling they just took Frank to the hospital with appendicitis. So I'm like, oh, yeah, what are the odds? Good, good one. And then the third phone call was Billy Gibbons saying the same thing. And we need you to play the show. So that was probably by that time it was maybe two thirty three in the morning. And so let me tell you when you when you're told you're going to play so much for sleep, yeah, exactly. Right. So you don't go back to sleep, and uh, so um, that was at Le Zenith, that that venue out in Paris or Zenith or however they pronounce it. But so I, I played I played three shows with ZZ Top and um, with like no rehearsal and no sleep and um powered through and it, yeah power through like and and um and it was great you know it was just was it know. the first time you were called into duty in a situation like yes. that yes and and yeah. besides aerosmith has it happened with other bands it happened with slash and on his first solo tour we were with we, miles and those guys yep, yep we went we, we we did europe for like it felt like a year, but it was, you know, I don't know. This all is when summer. Fitz had the detached retina? This is when, uh, correct. But it wasn't, no, it was, first it was Todd. So we, were, we, we went, we flew, we finished all of Europe, got rid of the buses and flew to Moscow for the last two shows in Russia. And then we were home, going home. So we flew to Moscow, again, had the day off. We had a nice crew dinner. So we you were with of, them though, because you were checking for Fitz? Yep. Okay. Yep. And I painted a drum kit for him. And so I was, so... And, and me and Fitz, were buddies, and you know, and so we had a nice crew dinner, and went to bed. And I woke up the next day, and we had like a, a nice casual like, noon checkout, and you know, load in uh, to do the show that night. And I'm checking out in the hotel to go to the gig, and the tour manager taps me on the phone and hands me a cell phone, which is scary, because I thought it was, my wife at sure. home thinking that there was a problem, right? Because nobody else knows where I'm in. And it's Fitzy. And he goes, JD, can you can you play the show tonight? And I'm like, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? He goes, It's not me, it's Todd, the bass player. Detached retina. Right. He's on his way to the airport right now. He's got to fly home and have surgery. So he he goes, Fitzy goes, So I, I told Slash, I'll play bass, we'll get JD to play drums, we can do these last shows. Because Fitzy's that guy who plays everything right. really good. Right, right. Um 
and I was just like, so can, he goes like, so can you do it? And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so we go to, and it was like July in Moscow and it was hot as, it was brutal in this inside venue with no air conditioning. It was, I was sick to my stomach just from the heat. So Slash comes in early cause he's, he likes to rehearse and he knows, you know, it's pretty important. So we, we ran like the whole show down at, at soundcheck and I was already exhausted and I'm like, Oh, I got to do this again in like 45 minutes. Uh. And, uh, and we did it, you know, with Fitzy on, so I'm playing, you know, these tunes that I've never played before. Yeah. And, um, looking at the drummer in the thin Lizzie t-shirt who's playing, playing bass, bass. Right. and I'm looking at the back of Slash's head with the top hat and I'm, it's surreal just like it was with ZZ seven years earlier right. you know, looking at the beards playing you know give me all your loving and you know all that stuff so so yeah we did we did two shows I did uh, Moscow and then I did St. Petersburg back to back with with that and and flew home so at the for a while, it seemed like it was only Europe where I would. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, that right, would right. happen until until Aerosmith in Vegas. So, you know. so, so the so the whole thing with Aerosmith is, um, you know, you you get dropped into that spot in a, you know, I'm not going to rehash it all, but there's a fair amount of very public controversy about that time with Joey, and I love Joey. I've known Joey forever, As and uh, yeah. you you you, so you. Were you teching for Joey? Yes. So how long had you been teching for Joey? I started teching. I, I painted after I did the Billy guitar and, and a couple other guitars for Joe. Then Joey, I met Joey and I started, I painted a few kits for Joey back early 2000s or something, but never teched for him. And then um, I got the call, I think it was 2013. They were going to Japan and he needed a guy. And I just got back from Japan with Van Halen uh, and... Um, and I was like, okay. So I, I did that, and, um, and I think I did all of 2014 with Aerosmith, a lot of Europe and, and U.S. as his tech, and I painted another kit for him, you know, for that tour. And then, but then 2015, I was back with Van Halen, and Aerosmith, you know, got I was in and out of Aerosmith camp because I had other commitments with Van Halen, and then I did two years, then I did Boston, and I did Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi, and then I had already committed to Aerosmith. Uh, the Vegas residency. So we, I came back in 2019. So not a lot of consecutive touring with him, but, but here and there. Did you prior to here in Vegas, did you ever sub for Joey before? No, because there was no. a time, if I recall that somebody did, didn't oh, yeah, they? his son, Jesse, his son, right? Yeah, yes. Cause he had a heart thing or yeah. something happened. Yeah, I remember. Jesse played two shows, I think. Um, yes, that was, Maybe that was 2014. You know, I was a tech there, but nobody knew I could play. Right. You know, so, and Jesse is a drummer, and, you know, that was a no-brainer, you know, that, that he filled in for Joey. Now, tell yeah. me if I have this right, because I was at this gig. Was the first time you played with Aerosmith at that Music Cares event? No, and that was a nightmare. No, the first time was was uh, was it, was it at the residency in, in Vegas. I got to call it like... That was before that? Yes. Okay. So, so it was isolated. You know, uh, Joey injured and he fell and jacked up his neck and shoulder. And, right. and I played two shows. And then there was a break and he healed and, and then he came back. But the Music Cares and the Grammys, that was much... Because that so, was like April 
the, the right. music so I in saw, January. I saw the last to date. Yeah, thanks for bringing that well, up. Well, well, it's funny. <laughs> well, I got to tell you this. So I saw what is to date the last show Joey has played with the band. I was at it here. Yes. And, and then I remember I went to the Music Cares thing. Yeah. You and I talked, yeah. and I remember that. Um, I'm and and again, for those that remember, there was a lot of drama and controversy around that with Joey publicly. You know, all all that went on. We we know it was all out there. But I'm sitting at the Music Cares event, and here comes Aerosmith, and this is my first time seeing them with you, <laughs> and I'm at the table and I'm watching the shows and immediately being a Aerosmith super fan that I am, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, this guy sucks. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, like, this is the guy that got to play. Like what happened to this guy? Well, wait, maybe not the drummer sucks. Maybe the whole band sucks. Like this doesn't even sound like it's locked in. What's going on? It wasn't. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at you behind the kit and I'll never forget it. You're going like this. And I'm pointing to my ears with my fingers for the radio audience. You're going like this. And you're like, and I, and I, I suddenly went to feeling like, really bad like wait something wrong is happening here oh. and then it, it then after a song or whatever it it it, 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 it came, came back around yeah. but then after the show i'll never forget i walked backstage i saw dave grohl was there and taylor <laughs> and all these guys that were there and i'm i'm making my way to talking through everybody and then i get to you and you just before i could even say anything you're like my ears my ears went out and and I had well, nothing something like your monitors were out right yeah, i had nothing they were dead nothing and, you know, and I'm behind the amps and I'm surrounded by cymbals and I heard nothing. And uh, it was. That's like just being worst. hung out to dry. Oh, yeah. The whole industry. And I'm a there. sitting duck. I can't, like, what am I going to do? Get up and go to, you know, I mean, yeah, the whole did industry the, there. Did the band know? Did the band know what I was going on? I don't even know. You know, I mean, they're so. Uh, 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 Stephen gave me some choice looks, you know, and I'm just kind of like, ah. it was about halfway through that show when they kicked back on and then they were. 10 times the volume they should have been. <laughs> and I'm trying to reach, I'm, I'm just doing anything, but my hands are kind of busy just trying to hold it together. It felt like an eternity. You know, I uh, saw Kramer under your riser messing with some tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he was there that he night was, and he left. He was. I said, Joey went under the stage and started messing with John's ears. <laughs> yeah. But you, it came, it came together from there, and then, then obviously, and that was a short thing. It was only like four or five songs. Or it something felt like, like that. an eternity. I'm sure, it song, did. Let me tell you, it sure If did. I had any power, I would have fired everybody <laughs> associated with that. Every cable, it was, it was, yeah, it was the perfect storm of the worst. Possible. So then, so then we go into where we're at now, which is this. So, so Aerosmith announces for this year that Joey's not going to play with them. We know Joey's gone through some stuff, and and I, you know, sent him nothing but our best. Is yep. uh, you know, with his wife passing, which I knew her. It's terrible. Um, so you know, you but you're told you're going to play for this year, and you have. Mm-hmm. So going into this now, I would imagine completely different sort of mindset because you're prepared for it. You know what's coming. You. You grew your hair. I did. That was COVID. You know, I mean, it was. Yeah, I know. You, so, so you know, last time I saw you, you didn't have some you know, the hair you have now. I know. So, 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 where you know, what has this whole experience been like for you to to have this spot right now? I mean, even back then, it was beyond surreal, and and again, the kind of like the the, the Aerosmith is, as you know, I mean, my opinion, you know, rock royalty, and, absolutely, yeah. and legendary on so many levels and 
those drum parts, you know, are are, are iconic. You know, uh, to me, drum 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 parts are just as important as lead guitar parts and lead vocals and stuff like that. And and I think what Joey did on all those songs is extremely underrated. Agreed. I think I think it's super Agreed. important part of the fabric of that music, that groove, yeah. that pocket. Yeah, and and um, so you know, I got obviously I got thrown in 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 that, the first few shows where it's just survival and I'm just trying to get the band through the through the night you know and because um, I'd never played those songs before and they didn't do they didn't even do a sound check you know I mean I, I, I people would ask me including the band Joe Perry after the first show is like I can't believe you know the balls on you that you would do that I'm like I don't know who's crazier me for saying yes or you guys for letting me <laughs> yeah. you know because I don't know what you were thinking um, but it was a miracle those those first few shows and and so I mean I learned the songs on stage, you know, playing someone else's drum kit and yeah. and soldiering through. But but the experience again to to uh, you know I can remember drawing the Aerosmith logos on my notebooks in high school and stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? And to be to be there playing and you know and then sometimes you know Joe Perry turning around and he's playing the guitar I painted twenty years earlier and and uh, and you have the pressure and Joey's talked to me about this over the years. You also have the pressure of the front man of the band being a drummer. Dude. And, you know, he'll he'll get up there on that riser and nudge you or look at you the right way or encourage you or push yeah, you on, you know, yeah, whatever it, it may be. And but it's both of those. Right. It's all of that, too. Yeah. That's always hanging over you. Yes. And he, yeah, he, all of that. Yes. And he's notorious for that. Believe right. me, the first, when that first day I can remember thinking, it's like, oh, why did it have to be? <laughs> this band right. that guy right. you know who is he doesn't miss anything you know he does not miss anything on stage as busy as he is you know if i do something that he thinks is cool i'll get i'll get a you know a nod or a smile and and if i have a hiccup or something i'll get a, a, an eyebrow of, of, you know <laughs> uh, you know and that's it's live rock and roll it's going to happen yeah. you know so yeah but the whole leaning into me and you know, I point the mic. I hit, right. that, hit that symbol, and I'm busy right. over hitting he's, this. And pretty early on, I whacked him on the knuckle, not not intentionally, but you know, his eyes lit up, and I was like, "Dude, you're in my way." And his <laughs> eye, you know, but that's that's his that's his thing, and he yeah. did it. He's done it to Joey for 50 years. You know, so um, it's an honor to 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 play with these guys. It's an it's an honor to attempt to fill the big shoes of of Joey Kramer, and you know, it's. You know, it's um, ultimately I, I, you know, I, I like as I said, I, I try to do justice to those parts. You know, ultimately I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna play them how I play them. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I I I read an Instagram thing of Todd Shukerman, the drummer for Sticks, mm -hmm. who's a phenomenal player. You know, but he was talking about you know yeah if you you line up a hundred of the best drummers to play the exact same beat. Even if it's something as simple as seemingly simple as you know, back in black or, or highway to hell, you know, it's, they're all going to play it differently, even though they're playing the exact same thing, because that's the beauty of it. Mm. And you know, I mean, nobody plays like Joey Kramer. Right. They they don't. You know, and I of course I'm like, I mean, how much the Stones feel? I mean, they played with Charlie for sixty yes. years, and now they're out, you know, doing it. And it's it's got to be different, even though it's. Right, it's Steve, not Steve a, Jordan. Who's right, like, oh, it's I'm, not. No, it's. I've said that all the time. You know, I so mean, it's, it's not an indictment on the person. It can't be the same. That's why there is this super rare, incredibly cool thing about bands that actually do have 
all the original guys, which yeah. was Aerosmith up until recently, which was yeah. one of the most amazing things. And again, I, who Agreed. knows what the future holds with Joey and hope he's OK and all of that. But for the foreseeable future, um, you know, I guess you're the guy and you're killing it, man, because I've well, seen you. you do it. And do do you know if there's a plan for next year for the band or uh, I, I know that they're talking about doing cool big things in 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 23 i don't know much beyond that i'm 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 hoping yeah i think we're all hoping that we you know that uh we see him i talked to brad a little playing. bit about it at your event and he was saying the same thing he's just like you know we'll just kind of see what happens and uh on a bit of a hiatus now and we'll go from there yeah, so that, that that threw a wrench in, in yeah in the stuff and and but i know that's that uh, is the intent well, I love stories like that. You know, I love to talk to the guys that, uh, yeah, I love to talk to all the big names, of course, but love talking to the people you don't hear from all the time or the stories about how they got these opportunities and what a great story that was from John Douglas. Hope you enjoyed it on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Another episode next Thursday. Be sure to join me every day for Rock Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, Faction Talk, Trunk Nation. Tune in every day, 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, or listen on demand on the Sirius XM app. Catch you next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and hopefully back on the radio tomorrow. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.